0: message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Speak to us, Lord. Talk to us today. And... Make your heart known to us, Lord. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Nice to see you all once again. I'll be talking to Ross based on the theme of this month, which is the Holy Ghost power. And um, hopefully we'll take some time to pray and uh, pray to some particular things today. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ, one of his very last statements unto the disciples was in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I kind of discover from the scripture that the whole of our existence is about power play. And a person that hasn't got the right kind of power is bound to lose out. Uh, everyone, in one form or another, whether we admit it or not, we are so dependent on having the right power. Sometimes we call that power our rights. And God has so made it possible that those that are connected to him, they are the real ones that can enjoy the real power. We are made to know in Psalm 62 verse 11, which we sang very beautifully. It said, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. Ultimately, God is the source of all power. And he's given it to whomever he likes. And I try to make a difference between power and authority. God gave, because one of the questions we tend to meet at the doors, you know, when we go evangelizing or in the city center is, if God is such a good God, why is there so much evil? Well, surprise, surprise, devil does not have his own power. Every power the devil uses in a corrupted manner came from God, and God doesn't do evil. One thing that God does is that when he gives power, my understanding so far is that he doesn't withdraw that power. What God withdraws is the authority. The authority means the legal right to do what you are doing. And so, it's like giving a person... A pistol or a gun. And possibly it happens to be your guard or someone and decides to use it to rob. The gun is with him. He can do whatever he likes with it. And so let's put that to rest first. But thank God, God who gave the devil the power still has the superior power over him. He only gave him just a little bit of power and with that power he's done many things. And so we will look at our topic from two areas today, the kind of two powers that I believe we need to possess in this month or we need to begin to pray into in this month so that we can function as God will love us to function. So please turn with me to Genesis chapter 31, and we take verse 29. Genesis 31 verse 29. And this was, just leave it on the screen if you may, please. And I'll give you the background unto that. This was Laban. Who happened to be Jacob's uncle. And Laban was not very nice a man. In fact, we did a study on a Wednesday and we compared different kinds of in-laws. He's one of the bad in-laws in the Bible. He was not good at all. You know, this boy happened to be your sister's son. And then you cheated him so much and, you know, he was so hard pressed and, you know, Jacob got fed up. A very mild man. In fact, if someone can outfox Jacob, you must be a fox yourself. Because Jacob himself was a superstar in manipulation, you remember. And so he met his match in Laban and met more than his match in Laban. And eventually, he got so pressed by Laban, he had to run away, he said, I can't have it anymore. I mean, I, I, I know what I did to my brother, I know I deceived my father, but this one is in a class of his own. So it was when he was running away from Laban that this statement came from him. He said, it is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, Be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. That is, leave him alone. Don't speak good to him because there's no good that can come out of your mouth. But don't speak bad as well. And so, that is the first category of power that we will talk about today. The power to forestall, the power to stop harm happening to you. Because evil was was, was intended for Jacob, but God in his power, superior power, stopped evil from happening to him. That's one category of power we must possess. In Job chapter 5 verse 12, the Bible also mentions something about how God can use his superior power to forestall evil happening unto us. He said, God frustrates the the devices of the crafty. So that their hands cannot carry Out their plans. I pray for you in the name that's above all names. Every crafty plan against you. Let me start from the individual and we go to the corporate. May God frustrate those plans. Because some are in this room this morning or into this afternoon. You are so afraid of the future. Because someone has devised so cleverly some evil plan against you. And you are wondering what will happen to me. Hear the word of the Lord. God will frustrate their devices. That is, try, they will try, but they will not succeed in the name of the Lord Jesus. But I know that it's not just on individual basis that we are facing such a pressure of harm against us. I hope you are quite aware That there is a concerted effort in the world to stop this, our Christian faith, from flourishing. I hope you are aware that about the most persecuted group in this nation at this time is not people of color, is not people from the far east, is not Muslims of course. The most persecuted group of people in this nation are Christians. We go against so much of hardship there in and there. In name, we are supposed to be a Christian nation. In name, we are supposed to have liberty and freedom. Oh, but we don't. Unfortunately, we don't. And any time you try to raise your head above the parapet, it gets quickly chopped off because there is harm that is planned against the church. And God is reminding us this month that he has the ultimate power. Those plans will succeed no more. The problem with us was that when men slept, the enemy came and saw tears. Years have passed. We did not allow the children to know the scriptures anymore. Years have passed. We have deferred unto every other person except unto him we're supposed to defer to. And the chickens have come home to roost now. And so it's so difficult to be a Christian in this nation. It's so difficult. But remember one more time I say, their devices shall be frustrated. And this is not just peculiar to this nation. I now find that because there are no boundaries between nations anymore, simply because of the social media and all the things that you have access to, you agree with me. About a few months ago, I warned us, I believe, that be careful there is a frontal attack against prayer. Did I tell you that? People started writing things, supposedly Christians, Started writing things on the internet, and all they were talking about is that, well, all these prayers, it's not just prayer. Let's talk about how we can get things done. And I said, once they take prayer away from you, they've taken everything from you. I read that, especially in the nations like Nigeria and some other nations of the world, where God has given them some leverage already and some progress already, but the devil has only one that. take the prayer away from them. But we shall take our stand. Pray, we will pray. Because by prayer, men of old they possessed. By prayer, men of old they stood their ground. One of the great men of God says, The work is prayer. It's not prayer and work, the work itself is prayer. Another attack the church is facing, I hope you are aware of it, is this attack against giving. That's the second one. The one about prayer, that one has calmed down a little bit. And I'll be hearing rumbling about the tithing and the giving unto God now. Do you know what? Do you know what? If people will stop giving unto the work of God, God can turn stone into money and fund his work. I'm absolutely confident about that. And I stand here, having seen a little group like this one, When, to be honest with you, I regretted almost, but I did not, that I left what I was doing to come and pastor a church in this city. That after all the finances, you know, corporate and personal have been spent, we were so low on finance that we went to the bank to give us 300 pounds overdraft. I've told you that story before. And the bank manager said, out of the door you go, just to pay the rent. But God funded his work. He funded this work, built this place, bought other places for us, and he's still going to fund this work. We give unto God so that we can be blessed. God does not need money. And part of this attack that is going on, especially from so called Christians, must be resisted. Must be resisted. Jesus Christ, I was checking my Bible. I was so humbled by In the book of Mark. He said there were women, which was very unusual in those days, like Joanna and like Mary Magdalene, from whom he cast out several demons. He said they gave up their substance to support Jesus Christ while the apostles were following him. In those days, women don't even have material possession of their own in their culture, you remember. And yet these ones, they manage on their own to fund the work of Jesus Christ. But there's a power that will frustrate all those things. The liar of the liar will not start. And in the past few weeks we've been talking a lot about all every form of difficulty that people have been going through on personal level, maybe from our ancestral backgrounds or from the life you know that that we have found ourselves live through, and these things have just been one attack after another. But God is so faithful. Let me take Apostle Paul as an example. He was a man who was praised on all fronts. That's a very funny part of the Bible. Turn with me to Acts chapter 26. I try and pick some of the verses. It's quite a long passage. Um, in fact, that man was an epitome of God's deliverance. It was one man whom I desire so, so much to meet when I get to heaven. I don't know about you. Um, I learned that because of his name, he was not supposed to be a tall man, that he was actually smallish in stature, small but powerful. You know, Saul was tall, I was everything, but he was, his own soul was a tiny soul. And so this man went through so much. There was one particular place, I probably just related to you in Acts chapter 26, so funny. This man, the devil wanted to destroy you by all means. And listen to me, if the devil wants to destroy you, if your time is not up, you will not be destroyed. Oh, I'm so certain about that. The testimony of her sister, you know, that there was this lump and everything, and, you know, if we have given her one hour, she would have kept telling the story. But the truth of the matter is that whatever is so paining you so much, you can't stop talking about it. God delivered her. You know, when your timing is not up, the devil cannot take you out. He can't take us out. So this man, Paul, he was going to Rome to go and answer a charge. And as he was setting out, the devil planned, number one, that he would kill him through a storm. So they got on the boat, and there was a storm. And this storm was so much that he warned them. God showed him ahead of time that you are going to be killed. He warned him that tell them not to set out. The captain of the ship eventually set out, and they were going. Of course, the storm came as they said. Paul eventually said what, you know, he should say. He said, I warned you. 14 days when there's trouble, people can fast. They fasted 14 days, no water, no food. If you read that account very well, so funny that when Paul eventually encouraged them to eat, they said the food actually was part of the problem because he said the sheep was then light. How they were wise, they started eating. Eventually they lighted the sheep, and so the Guys that were working on the ship, the captain and all this, and all the other people doing the ropes and whatever, and the deckmen, now knowing that they are not going to crash or what? Did, what, did, what going to be torpedo or, or sink anymore? But they knew that the ship itself was going nowhere. You know what they did? They then took out the lifeboats and they were going to leave them. Let's read some of them. You might just think I'm telling you stories. It's quite an interesting. Story. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where I'm going. Where I'm going is that no matter the multiple of attacks against you, God has got your back. Yes. Oh, he's got your back. Because the liver is 27 right need actually, 27. Okay, let's start from verse 13. When the south wind blew softly, I'll read through it very quickly. Listen carefully to the scripture. I'm reading from New King James Version. Supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they said close to Crete. Now, they set out on that trip simply because they didn't want to lose money. Very common. But not long after, the temptations head uh, wind arose called Euroclidon. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Clodagh, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they are taking it on board, they use cables to undergird the ship. And fearing lest they should run aground on the Cyrus sands. They struck sail and so were driven. Verse 18... And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. They lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor star appeared for many days, and no storm tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me, and not have sailed from Crete. And incurred this disaster and loss. Verse 22. And now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you. But only of the sheep. For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord. To whom I belong and whom I serve. Saying do not be afraid Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed God has granted you all. Those who sail with you. Therefore take heart man. For I believe God. That we be just as it was said to me. Let's go to verse 29. Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, verse 29, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, can you imagine, when they had let down the skiff into the sea under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow? <laughs> Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, This Paul was supposed to be the prisoner, they were supposed to be. He was commanding things, he was in charge. Unless this man stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall. Of the skiff is the um, lifeboat, okay. And as day was about to dawn, Paul employed them. Or to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day. You have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. All right? Verse 34 Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survivors, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. And then eventually the sheep got wrecked. Eventually, they landed on an island as if. But before they landed on an island, the centurion planned to kill them all. Verse 35. Okay? Um, then they were all encouraged. I'm trying to see how I can cut this. Um, right. Verse 41. But striking a place where two seas made, they ran the ship aground, and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable, but the stern was being broken. Thank you, Father, by the violence of the waves. Wow. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, of course, including Paul, lest any of them should swim away and escape. Verse 43. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest, some, of, uh, some on board and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safe to land. Storm could not drown him. Bullets could not kill him. Chapter 28. Snake. The same man. And so I have a word for you today. There's a power that is able to take out all the multiple problems. Whether against you as an individual or against the church, there's a power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. He is still alive doing mighty things and he will do it for you in Jesus' name. Because of my time, as category number one, power to stop harm happening to you, and I can call that defensive power. Power number two, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse eighteen. We move quickly now. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse eighteen, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Somebody say, power to get wealth. He said, It is God who gives power to get wealth. That is number two power you must get. And I will break this wealth into three or four main categories. Number one, wealth is spiritual wealth. Of all the wealth any human being can have, Jesus Christ, our Lord, warned us very clearly that if you have treasures on earth and you don't have treasures in heaven, you are a very poor person. In fact, there's nothing you are doing, being a Christian, if you are not amassing treasure for yourself in heaven. If you are not rich concerning spiritual things, it's a sheer waste of time. I've mentioned this several times. It's a lot easier To be rich outside there, to rise professionally, because you can do all the dubious things they are doing without blinking an eye. Do you agree with me? You don't need to fast. You don't need to watch your back. If they are doing dog-eat-dog, you eat them before they eat you. But if you are a child of God, it is totally wrong of you to think that you are in this kingdom only for the physical thing. You are primarily in this kingdom so that you may have spiritual wealth in heaven. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus Christ our Lord enumerated it very clearly and was talking unto a particular man there who said, Jesus, divide land between me and my friend. He said, the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of what he has. Hallelujah. And he warned him, he said, so it is for everyone who is not rich towards God. May I please advise, every physical wealth you have, what should you use it for? Yes. Put another way, from a selfish point of view, every physical wealth you have, you know what you should use it for? Convert it to spiritual wealth. That's the wise thing to do. That is what we mean by using what you have to buy what you don't have. You have money, so to the life of people that don't have. You have time, give it for the preaching of the gospel. Through that you are amassing wealth in heaven. Is he also who will empower you to have such a wealth. May we not die with money that we can't take away. Going to a home that is empty. The strange thing about the wealth in this world that you can't take it with you. You can't. I've seen all sorts of funny things people have done before. I hope they are just funny pictures. They are not read. There was a particular person who was buried in a gold casket and then they put him in a Humvee vehicle to bury him in. The pharaohs, as far back as then, they stopped burying their kings with gold because tomb robbers were going to take it. As far back as then. If they were clever in their own time, in our own case, We don't bury ourselves with the material. We leave it here on earth. Somebody was warning anyone, and please take it with a pinch of salt. It's all these group things that I'm probably thinking a little bit of sense in it. That if you're above age of 60, don't start investing. No matter how attractive. If you're above the age of 60, stop looking for more savings that you're going to make. Spend as much as you can here. Yeah. Those, if if you have that kind of money in the UK, you are not even well right because inheritance tax will take forty percent. Some they have not enjoyed their life because I would rather go on mission field, I would rather go on a cruise, I would rather visit cities of the world. I have not got that kind of money yet, but please try me with it. It's coming. I, I take your word for it. We are like those bearing ourselves with the gold. Whatever you have here, please use it to buy something for heaven. Can I hear a man on that one? And that is, is the wisest advice I can give you. Uh, I, I follow that, you know, I started thinking of that advice because I know that, uh, you know, I'm entering that bracket now. So if you see me eating very well... <laughs> If you see me coming out in some nice shoes, you know that I'm taking my own advice. <laughs> Whatever material things we have, please plan for your future. That will never be taken away from you. That's worth number one. Worth number two. Under that worth number one, I can expand it. Hopefully, during prayer, I will touch on it. Worth like your fruit of the spirit is worth. Because I also discovered that many a times, we keep talking about, um, you know, the poor, they are hated by their own neighbor. Uh, that should be Proverbs chapter, what's that again now? It should be somewhere in Proverbs. He said the, 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 the poor, they are hated by their, He said the poor, they are hated even by their own neighbor. And he uh, said, but the rich has many friends. But don't think it's only the physical rich that has many friends. The spiritual rich, they have many friends. If you have the gift of the Spirit, if you have the fruit of the Spirit, naturally you will attract people to yourself. It should be Proverbs ten twenty four. You should naturally attract people to yourself. I pray by the special grace and mercy of the Lord, you will walk in the abundance of such wealth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me move very quickly. Wealth number two. That the power of the Holy Spirit is ready to give us. They say, health is worth. You agree with me? I'm I'm not a health fad, but I'm getting close to it now. I believe with all my heart that it's more difficult to serve God if you are not in good health. You agree with me? because some of the routines the Lord is planning to take us through, and I'll tell you one of them in a moment, you will need strength. You will need strength. I remember we had a prayer meeting. Was he here yesterday? And somebody was saying very strong because we stood for three hours to pray. I said, we've been in places six hours, you are your feet, and you didn't feel the six hours. And... Um, this work, I'm also, I want to pray one prayer for you that I've been praying for myself. You know the prayer? Go to um, Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 7. Deuteronomy 34 verse 7. At, at 80, by the special grace of God, you will not lack strength. Amen. Read together with a one to go. My natural vigor is not diminishing so much. But even the dim eyes we see. I'm telling you. You know, it's whatever you desire for yourself. I made a silent pact with my wife. I said, I won't be your carer. I won't be my carer. At 1994. You know, some prayers I should have been praying when I was 10. I'm not praying. And I've suffered some of them now. I'm just about 60 now. I'm praying for the next 20 years. If the Lord God of Israel tarries, none of you will be invalid. Yeah. The reason is that so that you can serve the Lord in health. I yeah. oh, don't let anybody tell you the lie. You know, uh, it's a turn in the flesh. We turn in the flesh. Health is important. You see, men of God, 75 years old, still fasting. And there are people that are 20, 12 noon. God will help us. It's like the whole body has shut down. But it's by grace, you know. And I'm not, no, 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 I'm not slamming you at all. The man at 75 that is still fasting is because the Holy Spirit power to give him physical wealth, to give him health, which is a form of wealth. And that is what you and now you need to convert. That from now on, all our days, we shall be healthy. Amen. And I've shared with you before. And I'm following very closely after Moses. I know what I like in Moses. I've grabbed it. I don't like his anger. I don't like his anger. But I like his focus. I like his strength. I like the prayer of Elijah. For Moses... He climbed Mount Sinai two times. You know, Sinai is higher than the highest mountain in Britain. Is it nervous that it's the highest mountain in Britain? Or you don't know? Huh? Eh? Yeah. Nevis, good. He climbed it twice. And he didn't climb any one of them lower than 80 because he was called at the age of 80. The whole year that he spent in Egypt to get them out, around 85 probably climbed those mountains. Eventually he would died on the mountain when he climbed onto Pisgah. Pisgah is still higher than any mountain in Scotland And I did my research. That's why if you can't climb the mountain in your house, <laughs> the one between the living room and the bedroom, start praying. And I'm serious. You need to ask for strength. Somebody says strength. strength shall be yours in Jesus' name. Amen. So all this wealth are there for us. Do you see now that Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse eighteen is more than physical wealth. Is more than money. Health is wealth. Emotional wealth as well. May the Lord grant unto us. Amen. Because it takes, in the world we are living, it takes God for one not to be depressed. And don't tell me, all of us, at least me, we battle it from time to time. You listen to news sometimes. Sometimes I go, a whole week I say, I don't want to hear anymore. If it's not Brexit, it's remain. If it's not remain, it's somewhere in America. If it's not America, it's Nigeria. If it's not Nigeria, it's Ghana. If it's not Ghana, it's Zimbabwe. It's not Zimbabwe. It's somewhere in Maina. Old Burma. Everywhere, bad news. Unless you are heartless, you will feel it. 26 killed in the church. You can't tell me that doesn't have an impact. We live in an evil world. But we need emotional strength. There was a time they took a report of Jesus. They said, a a, a tower fell upon some people. And Jesus Christ guarded himself. And he said, well, it's not that they are more evil than you, but you too should be careful. Just keep following Jesus so that you won't fall into trouble too. When his cousin was killed, John the Baptist, he went away, but he recovered. It was sorrowful. I don't know what the Lord was thinking because he was a man like you. Was he saying... Could I have helped? No, maybe not. I don't need to. The father knows. The father could have told me. After all, when Lazarus was going to die, he told me emotional strength. Because we wake up every day, we've, we come across what we don't plan for. But that's a power that can give one emotional wealth. They call it emotional quotient. Now, isn't it? E-emo- emotion, is that what they call it? Emotional intelligent quotient. No, I is intelligent quotient. That's saw some people are very emotionally unstable may the lord deliver us from that rather than that may he give you strength when glory was saying that she went back that's a lot of emotional strength the lord gave you that money he went for believe you me if you have a heart of stone and you know, i've mentioned to you before cancer is a spirit and it has two main arrows to it. His head is what? Fear. I've never heard of anyone who the doctors say, and there's a nice way we've been coached to say it, with the nicest of ways, the moment the thing drops like this, fear starts in. When fear sets in, what, what's open? the door is open for more affliction. I don't see anything that is more powerful. And yet, to the glory of God, she worshipped the Lord. Emotional wealth came in. And she could stand and be laughing at it. Finally, you need material worth. You agree with me? Oh, yeah. I don't need to preach that to you. And there's nothing wrong by not preaching it to you. Don't let anyone deceive you. Money is a good tool. I've warned you before, those that romanticize with, with poverty, they've not been poor. You know, some people, they can stand there and be telling you, you know, money is not needed. They've not been poor. They have been relatively poor, but absolute poverty. When you don't know when the next food will come from. When it's about to start raining like this, you know that you will be soaked because the roof, the slightest wind will blow the, tar- the tattered roof off your head. Wearing rags is not a choice. They don't use good money to go and buy ton jeans. There's no one who has no poverty who will ever wear that thing. You know why? To remind them where they're coming from. All these guys going around, I just look at them, I say, you're enjoying. Some that have tasted poverty, a little bit of a rip like this, they will say, not again. And the thing is getting more torn. It used to be torn at the knee. Remember? Where is it torn now? (laughs) They've not been poor. (laughs) They've not been poor. And don't listen to them when they encourage you to be poor. Don't listen to them. There is no good in poverty. Money is an instrument. It must not be your Lord. You know that. It should not be your Lord. I should be able to call money. If there's any pencil when in the world, and see those that are really rich. They've proven it to us. One of them was it Buffet? It's a public know, He's giving ninety or ninety-five percent. He's giving eh ninety percent away. Uh, look, don't clap for him now. If you have, uh, if you have uh, what I think he's worth about forty-five billion. Let's put it at forty-five billion. I mean, uh, even if the five percent remain is too much. And that's why when we get to heaven, he might get less pass mark than some of you here. That out of your little, you have given more than him in terms of percentage. But that's why we should be as believers. You don't understand what I'm saying? And God will release his word unto his people. Finally put it there for me so that we can pray and go. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to do what? Now, what is the reason? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. When I was preparing for this, I challenged myself. What is the new covenant? Anybody? We all say new covenant. What's Can you phrase the new covenant? What is in the new covenant? Grace. Okay. What is it? Love. Love one another, that's not the new covenant, that is the new law. That's the new law. Which is okay, thank you. What is the new covenant? Because we need to understand the reason why he wants to give us this way. What is the new covenant? The new covenant is that God has come to forge a relationship with both Jews and Gentiles. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all those things you say, they are part of it. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, for the purpose of raising a new people who we project into the old world. The old covenant, God chose a people called who? And the purpose was that they can be, please put on the screen for me, 1 um, Peter chapter 2 verse 9. This covenant will work for you. Shall we read together, if you may, please, very quickly before I close. A royal priesthood is so special, people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous. That particular passage was first lifted from the Old Testament. And then it's applied to the Jews. The purpose of the covenant is that the children of Israel, they were a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. But the new covenant, and that one is because of Abraham. Okay, And God said, through Abraham, your father, I will raise a group of people. And um, so that part of the covenant, there are two main parts of the covenant. Number one, there will be the law. And number two, there will be sacrifices. Okay, So through the sacrifice and through the law or the word, I will start that covenant. But in Christ Jesus, it's not just by being born biologically. It is by being born spiritually. And so, back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. I hope the literal explanation will suffice. I could have spoken more, but I believe you got it now. So, what is the purpose of the new covenant? You are in the new covenant if you are born again. Because you have been chosen to be part of a new nation. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Deuteronomy 8, we are there. And you shall remember the Lord your God. It is He who gives you power to get wealth. What type of wealth are we talking? About? Have we spoken about number one wealth, yes. number two wealth, yes. number three wealth, yes. number four wealth? Yes. He is one that gave you power to get wealth that He may establish His covenant. It's His promise. And the Holy Spirit will make it happen for you and I. That's why I'm confident. In the name that's above all names, none of us shall be spiritually destitute anymore. And because of that, we will have many people that will come to us and we take them to Jesus. And through him, they will also come to know the light and they will follow him. Rise on your feet, please. Let us pray together, if you may. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This month, what shall you be believing God for? Power. Two major categories of power. Number one, power. Hmm? Power to stop harm happening to you, and I can assure you, somebody is after you. Don't be paranoid. Somebody sincerely. Sincerely, unless I want to deceive you, the, the devil. He said, "The devil, please go to First Peter chapter uh, five, verse eight. If you think I'm lying, be sober. Did you see why I'm talking soberly now? Be vigilant. Why? Do you have an enemy? What is he doing? Is going around seeking whom he will use contemporary English rather than divorce, seeking whom he will swallow, chop. (laughs) But you are not his meat. We are not his meat in the name of Jesus. And what did he say in verse 9 of chapter 5 of 1 Peter? Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering has prayed by your brother. Who everyone? That's why all of us we are candidates for the enemy. But there's a power that can stop him. There's a power that will stop him. You will not come to harm. I say we will not come to harm. And the Church of Jesus Christ we march on in the name of Jesus. And of course, wealth is the second category that we spoke about. I want you to please lift your hands unto the Lord right now and give him thanks and praise you know when i was praying this morning i remember the word of the lord says the house of god shall be called the house of prayer i wanted to call on him and say thank you lord jesus we are your house to thank you we are your house to worship you we are your house to connect unto you here we are oh lord covered by your goodness and your mercy you have proposed that this month power we come power to forestall every harm to make us to be wealthy spiritually wealthy emotionally wealthy wealthy in our health and Lord this month shall not pass us by until we experience this power lift up your voices and begin to call on the name of the Lord do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation unto them that are saved call on his holy name and say I receive that power key into that power right now key into that everlasting source right now i will encourage you to believe with all your heart faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god we have heard the word of god we have heard the word of faith we have heard the word that encourages us and says that the power to forestall every harm is available i receive it right now Every plan set against us as a people, every plan set against your church, we not stand, oh God. We stand on the name that's above our names, and we resist every scheme of the enemy. Let the voices and the hearts of the people be lifted unto him who answers prayers. He said, unto you shall all flesh turn, thou who answereth prayers. He will forestall the harm that's about to happen to you. He stop Lebanon from harming even Jacob, a child of covenant. You are a child of covenant and the power is available to stop the enemy from harming you. Yes, you will not be harmed. You will not be hurt. You will not be hurt. He will deliver you. He will deliver you from the lies of pestilence. He will deliver you from every harm of the enemy. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Call on him a little bit longer. Call on him a little bit longer. He's waiting to hear you. He's hearing your voice. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. This is written of a child of covenant, of which you are. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of oh, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Listen carefully. Surely, someone says, surely, surely, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Listen, a thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. That's why I could confidently say that no evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. He shall give his angels charge over you. To keep you in all your ways. To keep you in all your ways. Danger and destruction, they are far from you. It's part of the covenant promise of the living God. Oh, when I was studying Paul, it was not those only three times God delivered him. In first, in 2 um, Corinthians chapter 11, beginning from around verse 11, he listed all the things that he went through. And by the time he got, put that on the screen for me, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 18. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 18. 2 Timothy 4 verse 18. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. Is that you? And preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. He said he was delivered from the mouth of the lion. Is that verse 19? Check verse 19 for me. Just put it if it's not, we'll reverse. Oh, he started greeting. Verse 17. I think somewhere there. But the Lord stood with me. I think that's the one. And strengthened me. So that the message may be preached fully through me. You know the reason why we give you hair to preach the message? The reason why we give you money to preach the message? Remember the reason why we give you spiritual assets to preach the message? You know that? So that you are not full of liabilities, accountants, but full of plenty of assets that you may preach fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Peter said the lion was roaming around, seeking whom they devour. Paul says, that lion came to me, but I was delivered. You will say that as well very soon. He didn't say there was no lion. The lion came, but the Lord delivered me from his mouth. Didn't deliver him from his hand, from his mouth. He was as close as being grabbed. But the Lord delivered him. You will be delivered. You might be saying it's too late. It's not too late. David said the lion and the bear I slew. I don't know where you are spiritually speaking. I don't know where you are emotionally speaking. But the Lord will deliver you. Those of you that are having night terrors. Night terrors are over. You might think that you are about to be chewed by the evil one. But we spill you out. In the name that's above all names. I want you to just finally pray. All those blessings we've mentioned, they shall be your Lord. And that will start today. And as we go into the rest of this month, I'm expecting it to be the best month ever so far this year. We have some work to do. As I mentioned to you, I was going to break that to you. It's a good news. Very good news. Don't worry. It's not what you are thinking. That may be coming later. I was meditating hard. I believed the Lord laid on my heart. And, you know, I tried to check and check. Because if God will not do anything, don't let me tell them. At least he's hearing that I've said that to him in private. You know, don't call them out. And every time he's called us out, he's always met us. One of the days out of men, and I know it's still going to finish what he has started. Remember, we called the children upstairs once. time. I think two major testimonies came from that one child with harsh prongs, I think. God miraculously healed. So when he calls us, there's a reason for it. It just requires two things. I ah, can't start preaching again at this time. I should preach. What the Lord is saying, Okay, let, let me, Jesus Christ, when he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, you, know what he met at, you knew what he met at the foot of the hill. You remember? He met the disciples trying to cast out a demon from a child, remember? And so the disciple went back to him and said, why couldn't we cast him out? You remember? And Jesus Christ said, oh, faith, faithless, shall I be with you? He said, it's because of your own belief, you remember? And then went on to say, this one cannot go out without fasting and pray. Now, Jesus then turned. Listen first. So, that demon did not go out because what? The disciples that were trying to cast demons out, they did not have. Okay. Then Jesus then turned to the person with the problem. He said, do you believe I can deliver this child? That is the second part of the then the woman quick, the man quickly cry, Lord, I believe, do what? Help my unbelief. He has had him chide the other ones. If this disciples don't have faith, where am I? Always takes two sides. Whoever is ministering must have faith. Whoever is being be minister to must have faith. And with those two, we'll agree. That's the two. that if two or two, that's the two that says should agree. I was thinking it's going to last two weeks. What I believe the Lord laid on my heart. But it's going to be for one week. Not fasting. Between two and five. Next Sunday. We will convert the second floor to a prayer mountain. And we will have. So please as a guide. Come in your nice dainty. Court shoes and high heels. I'm looking at men. Not at women. All right. So but when you are coming for that meeting find something loose to wear probably change your trainers preferably we go in there fasting it's not for everybody it's people that have and there are three main categories two primarily lost started with me because that has been a cry of my heart one is the issue of the fruit of the womb the other one is the issue of marriage so we have more rooms than all the other categories that come. And through those three hours, I'm expecting I will be there. Definitely, we should be machinos and ready to probably walk barefoot in that place. And three hours we will be on that prayer mountain. And we will meet with the Lord there. Other categories, as the Lord lays on our heart, you will be there, other for healing for children, or even progress in whatever you are going through in life. We have so many rooms that so many cubicles we can divide ourselves out. And I trust God that. This month ah, ah, will be our best. Eh? Yeah. I mean, we, can, we we are we are not signing this year off. Are you signing it off? No. Are you you, you do you think it's over? No. no, it's not over. And don't 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 hear that whisper. It's a new day. And thank the Most High God, is not leading us to do what we have done before. <laughs> that should encourage somebody's faith. But even if it's the same thing we have done before, you could use it now. Nevertheless, at your word, I've cast the net there before. Cast it again. How much more is making it easy for you? You've not even cast on that side before. At least I should encourage you to know that something different is coming. And it shall be your portion. Let me just pray and bless you now so that I can sit down. Father, see your people. As many as disposed, lift your hands as I pray, as I lift my own hand as well. In surrender, Lord, we look up to you. The journey of faith is an exciting journey. Seeing you unfolding your goodness day by day. We've stood on your word. that the Holy Spirit power that forestalls and hinders harm is at work already. And for every one of us as we surrender unto Jesus, so shall be your Lord. I shall not come and weep with you. You will not come and sorrow with me. You will not come and commiserate with me. I shall not come and commiserate with you. Your duty is to rejoice with me. And my duty is to sing songs of praise and rejoicing with you. And all these sons receive the power. Power to make wealth. Power to make wealth. Power to make wealth. Receive power in the name of the Lord Jesus. And let every form of destitution be far from us in the name of the Lord. Where there is sickness, let health replace it, O God. Where there is emotional pressure, Lord, let rising of joy from our hearts replace it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that we may fulfill your covenant. So that your covenant may be made known unto the world outside there. And so that the glory will be returned back to you. Lord, I thank you. Special visitation this month. It's a month of miracles. It's a month of miracles. It's a month of dramatic salvation of souls in the name of Jesus. It's a month because it says the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. Holy Ghost power. burst forth we pray. And let Jesus be glorified. Thank you eternal Father. We give you all the honor and glory. Jesus mighty name we pray. Come on give God praise.